Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Aaron Summers. On today's podcast, we're talking to NFL reporter Neil Reynolds, who is based in the UK, about the recently announced New Orleans Saints regular season contest at London's Tottenham Hotspur Stadium this upcoming season. And I'm going to catch up with Izzy Sherman, the nine-year-old girl who applied to be the next coach of the Saints. First, let's head overseas. This will be the Saints' third time playing a regular season contest overseas, the first two being played at London's Wembley Stadium, both of which New Orleans won. Here's Neil Reynolds. Neil, thank you so much for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast. It's great to have you today. How are you doing? Uh, Good, thank you. Yeah, very good. Thanks for having me. Good to see the Saints heading back to London. I, we are excited. This will be the third time that they're playing overseas. Of course, it'll be in a different stadium. So we kind of want to figure out the landscape, what's going on around, what it looks like. But you cover everything NFL primarily over there in the UK. What is the fan base like there? It is uh, continues to grow. It's very knowledgeable. Uh, I do think they know... Um, you know, they have the same passion. Uh, I think the knowledge is growing. I think it's a very knowledgeable fan base. You know, they can watch all the NFL network programming, the, the shows I host on Sky Sports NFL. We show five live games every week. So it's no different. You know, it's it's going to be as passionate, uh, as knowledgeable. They'll cheer in all the right places and boo in all the right places. Um, and they're going to pack out the stadium. That's one thing that's always happened uh, you know, with these London games and, and some people, some people in America like them, some people don't like them as much, of course. But the one thing you can't argue with is, you know, the fans here deserve them. They buy the tickets within hours. They're sold out um, and it'll be another sellout crowd at Tottenham uh, this season. So, uh, yeah, it's this, the game continues to grow and having regular season games is the biggest driver for that, you know. I know it's going to be two games this year. Do you think at any point in time they're going to be adding more games a season there? Yeah. So at the moment, well, it's it's so it's two at, that come under the kind of official uh, rotation of teams. Then the Jacksonville Jaguars have their own game at Wembley Stadium. So we've got three this year uh, in London, one at Wembley, and then the two uh, at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, where we know the Saints are one of the teams staging a game there, and the Green Bay Packers. So. Look, I think we'll I think we'll see that continue to grow as teams look to market themselves uh, in the UK as they can do now. Um, I think we'll see more games in Germany. We've got first game in Germany this year uh, in Munich. Uh, games are going to alternate between Munich and Frankfurt for the next four years. So it's never going to be. I don't I don't think it's going to go back the other way. I think we're only going to build on this. Um, you know, and I still believe that we could have a franchise one day. In talking to some of the, the franchises, players, et cetera, how excited are they about being able to play these games overseas? I've always found that players have enjoyed it. Now, coaches, maybe <laughs> coaches, maybe not so much. They, they can be creatures of habit and so can players as well. But uh, one thing that NFL UK has done a really good job of is put on uh, first class practice facilities to talk to the teams about what works for them. You know, some teams used to come in for the whole week. Now they'll come in later in the week. Um, We've also had teams that have not had a bye week after the London game to see how, uh, how they cope with that. Um, The the bottom line is that you have to have players and coaches go back to America as, as advocates. And, and I do think that for the most part, people, uh, really enjoy it. They enjoy the atmosphere. They enjoy 
it's like a bit like a Super Bowl atmosphere, the, the London games, because there's all 32 jerseys there. The, the, the crowd is kind of split, uh, but, but it's, you know, there's not an empty seat. And maybe it's a British thing, but they're there before kickoff and they're there with uh, 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter, regardless of the score. No one's you know, filing out the exits and, uh, you know, midway through the fourth. So, you know, we're really into it. And I think the players and coaches recognize that. Neil, you mentioned, you alluded to this. Is there a favorite mode of the week? I'm, when the last time the Saints were there, they were there for the entire week. I think Miami might have came in on Friday. Saints win that game big, obviously. But have you seen one work better than the other? No, uh, John, it's been very mixed in terms of the results. Uh, I can see a leaning from coaches now towards coming in later in the week. So getting their work done, getting their practices done, um, you know, Monday to Thursday or, or whatever that is, Tuesday to Thursday, and then uh, having a kind of lighter practice on a Friday, walkthrough on a Saturday. So I think more teams are arriving on Friday morning. Um, and I think the NFL, back in the day, they would like the teams in early because you could make it a week-long event. You could make it, you know, kind of hype it up. Um, but to be honest, now, because we're playing so many games over here, year in and year out, it's all about the logistics. It's all about the ease of the, um, you know, of what happens for players and coaches. So I think we'll see more teams come in later. That certainly wasn't the case in the early games. Is there a favorite team there? Because, you know, obviously I was there with the Saints and it seemed to be a really good following. But, you know, Jacksonville's been there several times. Uh, there was, you know, previous talk about Jacksonville possibly relocating. Uh, mm -hmm. to, is there a favorite team there? So I think if you look, the, the first kind of wave of popularity for the NFL in the UK was in the late 80s and early 90s. So teams that were good then, 49ers, um, the Dolphins with Dan Marino. There would have been a good Dolphins crowd uh, at Wembley Stadium when you guys shut them out and disappointed all those Miami fans. So um, uh, recently, New England, of course, I think with their success uh, has grown. So some of those teams that are traditional kind of Dallas, San Francisco, Chicago. Um, but it is really spread across the whole uh, the whole league now. And I, I do think there was a great following for the Saints. I don't know if that was Saints fans I didn't know were here or if that was Saints fans loved, loved to travel and they wanted to come to London because it was a colourful crowd. It was, you know, it was energetic. It was fantastic. And I know that's everything that the Superdome uh, can be. Um, the Jags have certainly become gone from being... I don't know, the 32nd or 31st most popular team in the UK to be in a top 10 team in terms of popularity because they've committed to the market. They've committed to the market and I think the fans have appreciated that. Um, so, yeah, be interested to see uh, how many sort of Saints fans there are in Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, but I know it'll be a great atmosphere. Yeah, it was a really good crowd. Um, I know at least one Saints fan. My, my wife is extremely excited to be able to come. Again, so um, we'll at least have that one. Uh, I'll tell but you what I noticed, John. I'll just tell, just tell you what I noticed. I was hosting the tailgate party for NFL UK outside the stadium before the uh -huh. game, and then I went off to do my uh, Sky Sports duties hosting. We did a fan fancy dress competition, and the Saints fan, it was like Mardi Gras. It was fantastic. <laughs> Talk about a colourful bunch of fans. So I look forward to seeing that again. Yeah, they travel. They travel well. Um, what was the education like, the education process like in the beginning? I mean, did you have to kind of release a how-to fan guide? You know, this is what you cheer for. This is what you don't. 
So I think back in the back in the day, there was some of that. Um, yeah. You know, the first time round the eighties and nineties. Then there was a yeah. fan base that was existing here, but we've always had that in the back of our minds. To you know, we've launched websites where you know you'd have players from each position say, "Hey, I'm a quarterback. I'm going to either hand it to this guy, I'm going to run it myself, or I'm going to throw it." We've done all of those sort of things along the way and even even now when we're you know we're doing eight hours live on sky sports on a sunday night you know and you get really you can get in depth you know we've got um we've got great pundits and great people that work with us regularly brian baldinger works with us all the time from nfl network um drew Brees joins us now because of his connections with nbc so um you know you we can talk to the most hardcore fan but always in the back of your mind is make this accessible make this accessible to new fans because that's what we're trying to do here we are on the ground growing it so we're always kind of explaining it uh in through both lenses for a new fan a young fan uh, and those who've been here with us since the 80s now now that you've you know had it for a while and obviously it's not going to replace soccer in popularity but how much do you guys look forward to the games each year that you know, are you kind of looking forward to saying, you know what, we hope we get this team or we hope we get that team or you know, how influential can that be? Yeah, I mean, I think I think fans are always looking. They know the matchups. That's why I said they're a knowledgeable fan. They know who the, who the Saints' home opponents are this year. They'll be looking at those games. Um, and it has become a part of the sporting calendar. Uh, when October rolls around in London, even if you're not the hardest core NFL fan, you know that the NFL comes to town in October. And I think that's where it's grown to the point where, you know, when we first started out, you had to make that noise. You know, we'd have big fan rallies in Trafalgar Square and, you know, I'd be hosting them. There'd be 10,000 people in there and, and you're just trying to make a noise. Now the games speak for themselves. The teams speak for themselves. So it really, you know, they are, they are great days out. They went because Obviously, you have rivalries in the US, right? The Saints and Falcons, mm -hmm. great example of it. <laughs> you have rivalries in the US here at the moment because the game's growing and everyone's growing as a fan together. I think everyone is in that NFL family first. And then it's a case of which team do you follow? Who's your team? So everyone kind of comes together. The community comes together uh, for these games. And they're, they're out on, you know, the game will kick off at 2.30 in the afternoon. They're out on the streets of London at eight o'clock in the morning, um, enjoying liquid refreshments. Let's just put it that way. Um, and, you know, they're there long afterwards. They go out into the bars and they're watching Red Zone and they're watching the rest of the league. Um, yeah, they're great days. They really are. They're really, they're really savoured. And, and, you know, I worked on the league before we ever had regular season games. And so to me, they're especially special because... I never dreamed we'd have one, let alone three or four every year. This time around, the Saints have played in Wembley Stadium, but now they're going to be playing in Tottenham Hotspur. What is the, the difference in venue there? Kind of giving us an idea of, of what that would look like. So Wembley's great. And Wembley is very much a soccer stadium and built for soccer. Mm -hmm. The Tottenham Hotspur Stadium was purpose built with the NFL in mind. So there are NFL locker rooms. The grass field rolls out like the stadium in Arizona. The grass field rolls out and then set six feet below the grass field is a purpose-built NFL field turf uh, surface. 
So it's already there. The, the sight lines are beautiful. It's 20,000 seats smaller. So it's 60,000 packed right on top of the field. Um, it, the best way I can describe it, it looks to me, so Wembley is very much a soccer stadium that then hosts an NFL game. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium could be picked up and put in Chicago, in Denver, in Dallas. It looks like an NFL stadium. It is sensational. It's one of the most amazing stadiums I've ever been in. And I've been to a lot of the NFL stadiums. So there's a great atmosphere because everyone's so close to it. There's not a bad, that's a, such a sporting cliche. There's not a bad seat in the house. There really isn't. It's fantastic. And I'm really, uh, really pleased that more and more NFL teams are going to get to experience that. The Jags still have their own deal with Wembley Stadium and long may that continue. Um, but again, to have a Premier League team, a Premier League soccer team like Tottenham Hotspur, go to the NFL and say, what do you want? What do you want us to build? That to me was incredible. It shows how far we've come over here in the UK. And for fans that are coming there in the area, haven't been there before, what are some things that you would recommend that they have to do? Uh, I think we, you just go out to Tottenham for the game day. You know, most of the stuff is get, get yourself into central London. Um, yeah, I personally, I love an open bus tour. You know, the open top bus tours. I just think they're fantastic. Get yourself on one of those. Uh, you'll see all the sights of London. Um, and I would say the NFL does a great job of they normally set up like a Saints pub or a Packers pub. So there will be a Saints pub, I'm pretty sure, um, on, uh, on the weekend of the games. Um, I'm, I'm guessing, but there has been for previous teams. So you know, get yourself on a bus, get around London, then get in the pub and have a pint with some Saints fans. The old Saints fans will create a pub if there isn't one. <laughs> Just make one. They will. They will. <laughs> but did you say you worked for, for Sky Sports NFL before there were games there? Uh, so I worked for NFL. So I worked yeah, for NFL, NFL Europe. So I worked in NFL Europe. Um, NFL Europe. Yeah. So did you, I mean, how much of a pleasure is it for you to see this come to fruition? Did you ever think it would come to fruition? No. So I really loved NFL Europe and, and obviously some very good players came through that developmental league. But I can remember mm -hmm. working for the league, standing in stadiums in London when the London Monarchs were playing there and Kurt Warner was playing as the quarterback for the Amsterdam Admirals and there were 2,000 fans in there and it's five minutes before kickoff. And I'm like, what, how are we going to grow this? How is this going to grow to the point where the first game that was played at Wembley Stadium, there were 500,000 ticket requests. I mean, so the fan base was there. They just wanted the real thing. They just wanted the real, the real thing, the absolute creme de la creme. So, no, I never would have dreamed we'd have one game. And actually, where we've come from before we had regular season games to where we are now is a bigger journey than where we are now to a London franchise. So I really do think there is potential for this to grow even further. How did you get into covering American football? So I was a um, fan watching it back in the day, like the people I described, the late 80s, early 90s. I was a journalist, a written journalist by trade. I played in the British League and played for Great Britain here. I was a tight end. Um, so I naturally fell into covering the sport as a writer, um, then worked for BBC Radio, 
for two or three years covering the NFL and then on to Sky Sports. And, and in between there, worked for the NFL Europe for six years um, on the public relations side. So kind of been at it from all the different angles, uh, writer, uh, PR person, and now a broadcaster. So, but ultimately a fan. I'm a fan like everyone yeah. else. Yeah, what a cool arc there to be able to now be here covering the real thing. And to be part of, yeah, and to be part of something that actually genuinely feels historic. Yeah. It feels like part of something that could be part, when you're telling the story of the growth of NFL, um, this feels pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are excited to be there this season. I'm looking forward to it, of course. I know the fans are, and I appreciate your time and kind of breaking some of it down for us. Thank you. Good to join you. Thanks so much to Reynolds for joining us. Now let's check in with Izzy Sherman, who followed her dream to be an NFL coach and applied for the opening with the Saints after she found out Sean Payton was stepping down. Izzy, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast today. It is going to be so fun to talk to you. I'm really excited. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I am great. So start off with your love for the Saints. When did you start watching football? When I was in second grade. And what was it that you liked about the game? I liked how even when the Saints were not doing so would they would come back. What, who are some of the players that you like to watch? Um, I like Jameis Winston and Alvin Kamara. What grade are you in now? Fourth. So you've been watching for a few years now. How yeah. much have you learned about football? I've learned a lot. And you heard that the Saints needed a new head coach. Yes. So what happened? So um, my dad was on the phone with my mom and talking about it. And then I, in the background, I was like, I think I could be head coach. So then he told me to write a letter and I did. And then he sailed it off. Why did you think that you would be a good head coach? Um, because... Um, my mom says I'm really bossy. Um, I'm really good at math, and I've always wanted to be the first female head coach. Okay, so you wrote a letter into the organization, and did you did you mail it? Yes. And what did the letter say? Um, it said, "Dear Gil Benson, I would like to apply for the head coach," and. Um, and then I put everything, like, why I think I should be the head coach. And I put my favorite players. So did you add anything that you haven't told me? Anything, any other reasons why or any other players? That was no. it? Yeah. And then what happened when you found out that they had hired a coach? Um, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, oh, they already hired a coach. <laughs> What did you think about the coaching hire? I um, I was sad, but I think Dennis Allen will be a good coach because our defense is really good, and he was a defense coach. Yeah, our defense is really good. So we're excited to see what he can do with the entire team. So once yeah. you found out that Coach Allen is a new coach of the New Orleans Saints, you're just kind of hanging out, waiting for football to start, and then yeah. you got something from the organization. Yeah. Got distracted by Mardi Gras. So. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Yes. So what yeah. what did you what did you get? I got a poster with everybody on it. I got a white football with some of the head coaching staff 
and everybody on the team. And I got a letter from Gail Finstein. What did the letter say? Um, it said, Dear Izzy, um, I'm sorry we got this letter after we hired coach Dennis Allen. And um, if he ever quits or retires, we'll let you know. And um, she said she um, told me to keep up my good grades in math. There you go. What kind of grades do you have in math? I have a 100. Ooh, that's really good. So what are you going to do now throughout the season? Are you going to study more? How are you going to get ready to be the first female head coach? I'm going to learn more about football and go to more games. Who's going to get to take you to those games? Are your parents on board? Yeah. 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 Okay, good. What do you like to wear when you go to the games or what do you, what are some of the things they know how the saints players and the fans, they get all dressed up in their black and gold. I wear um, a, a Saints jersey and leggings and I use, we have these big beads from Mardi Gras that are black and gold. And I wear them. Oh, okay. I like that. So are you counting down the days till football season? Yeah. I'm really excited for it. What are you looking forward to the most? I'm, um, I'm looking forward just to getting to see them since I didn't make it to the playoffs. So will you be there for the first home game? Hopefully. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All training. right. Oh, and training camp, huh? Mm-hmm. Got to go to training camp. Got to make sure Mickey did a good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you been keeping up with the, the combine? Are you going to watch the draft? Do you make sure that they got all the right players? Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, um, my dad and my mom and my brother got to go to the draft. Wow. What happened? You didn't get to go? No, I was too little. <laughs> it was when it was in Nashville and so many people. and They um, got free tickets. Oh. Yeah, the same some tickets, which was nice. Wow. Okay. So then I guess you're going to have to make it there one day too. Yeah. All right. Tell me what your, your goal is for the Saints this season. What would you like them to do? Um, make it to the championship game. I think that would be a lot of fun to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share with me about your story and about the Saints? No. (laughs) I love it. I think it's great. And I wish you the best of luck on your adventure of trying to be a head coach. And hopefully you are the first female head coach out there. Thank you. Really cool story and best wishes to Izzy down the line. Before we wrap this up, if you have pest or termite problems, look no further than Terminix, locally owned for over 70 years. They have effective solutions that will help to eliminate pest problems throughout the year. Their custom treatments adapt to the season to address seasonal pest activity to protect your home and business all year long. They provide residential and commercial pest and termite problem and termite control services for the South Shore, North Shore, and River Parishes of Louisiana. Protect your home with Terminix. We'll be back with another episode Friday for the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Erin Summers. Thanks for listening.